So number one, if you keep any notes on the back of your bulletin, you can write it down because I'm not ashamed because of the person of the gospel. The person. Because he is not just anybody. This person is the Son of God. This person is God. And so it's the good news about what God says. And it's something that you and I are supposed to love and we're supposed to tell. So it's not about what. It's about who. It's about this person. And that's why if the devil can, he'll get you to do anything, talk about anything except this person. Because you, you and I, we cannot talk about the gospel without talking about the person. And when I'm not ashamed of the message, it's because I'm not ashamed of the person. And if you're ashamed of the person, you will be ashamed of the gospel. And a lot of God's children, I think, are ashamed to tell the message. And I don't understand why. I can't fathom that yet. But I do believe there's some things that we need to remember. Without Christ, see, there is no gospel. And uh, there's several words that we talk about all the time. And yet without Christ, these words have absolutely, they have no meaning. You see, there would be no such thing as, as there is no power. See, a man needs to be saved, but there's no power if there's no Christ. Without Christ, there is no power to save anybody. You see, without the gospel of Jesus Christ, you and I can't know God. You may know there is a God, but you can't know God except through this story. This is the story that lets us know what God thinks about his attributes. It talks about the perfection of God, why we need to be perfect. How holy, how just, how righteous. All these things about God that you and I need to know about. And then because of Christ, we know about justice and law and mercy, compassion, forgiveness. All those things about God you and I would not know except through this story of the gospel. You see, there's a word. It's called salvation. Do you realize there is no salvation without Christ. There is no righteousness without Christ. There is no gift without Christ. There's no justification without Christ. So without Christ, there's no life. There's no eternal life without Christ. But with Christ, we have all these things. But you take Christ out of the equation. There is nothing left. And as far as this life goes, there's nothing worth living for. That's why so many people are so hopeless in their lives. They don't have anything worth living for. And you can be so discouraged and so in despair. But if you had something that was worth living for, it gives meaning to everything else in life. 
There's a purpose there that drives you on. So the first thing I wanted you to see is simply in this verse. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the person. I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ. I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. The second thing is the power of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power. This message is the most powerful message in the world. There isn't anything with greater power than this message. It is the dynamite of God. This little story. You see why the devil fights the gospel and the clarity of the gospel? He's trying to dilute its power. Where it cannot save by adding works to it, diluting it, mixing it all up, confusing people. That's why you and I have to strive for the defense of the gospel. Where we know that man cannot save himself and therefore only through Christ can a man be saved. It's so important. You see chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3 of the book of Romans. Paints a picture of how terrible man is. How wicked man is. How that when he knew God, he did not honor him as God. That became vain in their own imagination and brought God down to man and worshiped creation instead of the creator. And talked about all the wickedness that people do, men with men and women with women and all the sins and the wickedness and talked about how that he gave the law to Israel and they violated it. Nobody ever kept the law. Talked about the Gentiles and by creation itself given to man the power of reason with conscience. And yet he fails. Cannot even live up to that knowledge that he has that there is a God. And to seek God. And then by the time you get to chapter 3 Let's us see just how, how wicked man is. There's none righteous, not one. There's none that seeketh after God, not one. There's none that doeth good, not one. Let God be true and every man a liar. And as he says in his word, so I say these things to them that are under the law. That all are guilty before God. All have sinned and come short of God's perfection. Pretty pitiful sight. So there isn't any man or woman ever lived good enough to be saved. So God paints a black picture for all of mankind. And then, but God. But God. But God has the power of salvation. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the person. It is the power of God. 
to think of all the power that will be needed. Now, there was tremendous power used in creating the heavens and the earth. A man can't be saved without the power of God. It means that man cannot save himself by his power. Salvation is by God's power. He's the only one that has the power to save you. And if he has the power to save you, he only has the power to keep you saved. Because when you're saved, you're saved from something to something. To an inheritance that's incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God unto salvation. You see, God is the only one that has the power to save a man. And that's all wrapped up in that little story that we call the gospel, the good news of how a, a sinner can be made righteous, how that he can be justified before a righteous, holy God. And there is no other message that can accomplish this. No religion can do this. Only the book, the Word of God. So Christ is the answer. We hear it all the time. The next thing I want you to understand is, it is the power to save. It is the power of God. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The only power that can save us is in this message, is a story. And a man must hear it. And he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. The power to save, that we brought up before, the penalty of sin, the power of sin in our life now, and one day to be saved from the very presence of sin. If you think, the word salvation in the Bible is the most important word, one of the most important words in all the world to be able to stand and say, oh yeah, I'm an American. I'm an Arnold. That ought to be great. I'm saved. I am saved. Not going to be. I am saved. I am saved. Means I'm not going to hell. I am a saved man. That is more important than anything else in the whole world. It's more important than that job you have or the job you don't have. I'm saved. I'm saved. My sins are all forgiven. I can never go to hell from this day forward. Never. I'm saved. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And I'm saying so. I am redeemed. I am saved. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. You see, why is that important? Because, see, that's the purpose of the power. What's the purpose of the power? To save 
and I have been saved. It's the one of the greatest words in the whole world. You can say I'm a man. You can say I'm a woman. I'm 70 years old. I'm 30 years old. I'm, 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 I'm saved. There's nothing better than that. There are no words better than those words. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven when I die. And you stop and think of how many people in this world, they cannot say that. They can't say that. Because they don't know that. They never heard this message. This most powerful message in all the world. Oh, they've heard religions. They've heard that you've got to earn your way to heaven by your good works. And that's not the gospel. That's not the good news. The good news is, is he died on the cross and paid for my sins to give me eternal life as a free gift. And I get to go to heaven on what he did for me. That's the best news in all the world. The next one I wanted to mention to you is because I'm not ashamed because of the plan of the gospel. Well, what's God's plan? What's the purpose and the power? What's, what's the plan? The plan isn't going all the world and tell people to keep the Ten Commandments to go to heaven. To qualify, to be good enough. The plan was that whosoever, what's the word? Believeth. What a simple plan. That's too easy. You mean out of all the things that talks about the person of Christ and everything that he did and who he was. That come into this world. And all the power of God that it takes. And the purpose of God. The plan. It's just the man got to believe. That's all. And yet the power that's in that. It's the power to save a person. The power to save a person. You see, that's God's plan. The plan is that all that people have to do, it's the only thing they can do, is believe it. You see, sometimes we try to get things so complicated. God made it simple. And he says all that a man has to do, the only thing that he can do, is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. So simple. You know what I'm encouraged by? The other night I had James call me up and he says, Pastor, we had somebody trust the Lord. Uh, Reformers Unanimous. And I thought, that is so neat. That is so neat. And then Peter calls me up and tells me that they had some people trust the Lord in Friday night or Thursday night. Friday night, so went in. And I don't know, 10, 15, something like that. But I think it's just, it's just so great. And different ones that I've heard of y'all that are going out and you, you talk to people. And you never know who's going to talk to somebody next. Edgar said that he was in the hospital, and his chaplain came in, her, and he says, do you know where you go when you die? She says, well, I hope I'm going to heaven. So he explained the gospel to her. Don't you think the chaplain ought to know where they're going when they die? How can you bring great comfort and hope and so forth to people, and they ain't got a clue where they're going when they die? 
Because isn't it true that you might die? I mean, you go to the hospital, you know there's a possibility. You might not come out. There's a possibility. But isn't it wonderful to know that you can give people this hope, this joy? And the only way you can do that is by telling them that, that message. Now, if I was a devil, I don't care what you do with your life, as long as you don't talk to people. You see, that's what really is the crux of the matter. The, the hardest part is just getting started. Getting started. But you'd be surprised how many opportunities God gives to us. I don't take advantage of all my opportunities. I'm, I'm going to have to answer to God for that. I do get a few here and there, but I realize I, that's why I want the radio and and I, and I love to have a TV broadcast. I just, would, I, I just want people to hear it and understand it. And they may trust the Lord and they go to heaven when they die. Because, see, sooner or later, everybody dies. Everybody dies. And where are they going to spend eternity? In verse 17, there's a statement made there. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. See, that, that's the product. That's the end result of God giving you His righteousness. See, He spent three chapters telling you how unrighteous we are. And then He tells us how righteous God is. Thanks. But He says, look, I'll give you mine. Oh. So look there in chapter 3. And you'll notice in verse 21. But God. But now. But now the righteousness of God is revealed. Look at that. Without the law. You mean I can have God's righteousness without the law. Without me earning it. Without me deserving it. Because God's already showed no man deserves to be saved. No man is righteous. No man can be justified by his works in the sight of God. So since no man can save himself, God says, I'll send you my righteousness. And if I accept the righteousness of Christ, I'm made as righteous as Christ. You see, the righteousness of God is Christ. It says in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 1, it talks about, He is my righteousness. He is my wisdom. He is mine. And so he makes a statement here in verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Been witnessed by the law and the prophets. They told all about this in advance. They prophesied that Christ is coming someday. And Christ did come. And in the first chapter of the book of Romans, it talks about how that the prophets told about the Messiah, Christ, coming of the flesh as the son of David. And this is what he was going to do. And proved it by the power of the resurrection from the dead. Because if he has the power to come back from the dead, he's got the power to bring you back from the dead. So that if you can come back from the dead, you can live forever. You really wouldn't matter how many times I died if he's had the power to bring me back from the dead. I can live forever. That's the power of God. That's why it takes 
the power of God for the good news, the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. In other words, there wasn't another message better than this message. Paul didn't have to worry about, you know, I'm spending my life doing this. But is there another way? Is there a better way? Is what I'm telling, is it second rate? Or this is the only way? Not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. There's the purpose. That whosoever believeth, there's the plan, would receive his righteousness, the product. You see, I have received his righteousness 51 years ago in a little old living room in Athens, Georgia. See, it doesn't matter where you are, you can receive it because it's given to you by faith. See, in the last part of verse 16 and 17, it says, from faith to faith, from faith to faith. You see, whenever I believed it, and then I share it, from faith to faith, to faith, to faith, to faith, to faith. And so God says, the just shall live by his faith. So I, being justified by faith, I am supposed to live by faith. It means I'm supposed to share this word with others so that they can put their faith in. Isn't that how I got it? Because a man who I thought at that time was really an old man, he was only 50, he was my father-in-law, and he explained the gospel to me, and I heard it, and I understood, and I trusted Christ as my Savior, and I'm going to heaven because of what he did for me. Don't have all the answers. And I hope you don't mind me just kind of talking a little bit about, you know, just on the gospel. Y'all all know this stuff. But I don't feel the best today. This is not my A game. But it's something that I know so well, it's easier for me to do this. You understand? You understand. So you forgive me for not having my A game. And you accept my C game. All right. Sounds good to me. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. Don't you think it's about time you learn how to do this? Don't you think it's about time you learn how to do it? How many of you have already used this little wallet? Or you use an illustration similar to it? You've already done it. Let me see your hand. All right. Put your hands down. Half of you have never done it then. Half of you in this room have never used the little wallet illustration. Did you know that when you get to heaven, the first thing God's going to ask you, did you ever use that wallet illustration? <laughs> I sent two preachers down there, and they told you all that every week. This is you and me. Wallet represents sin. Just represents sin. I was in a restaurant one day, and I put my wallet down there. This waitress came up, and... I said, you know what that is? She says, yeah, that's a wallet. I said, nope. Here's two. I said, nope. What is it then? I said, it's sin. She jumped back about two feet. <laughs> she thought it didn't turn into a rattlesnake. Anyway, it took a while, but I got to trust the Lord. This is you and me. This is sin. We have all sinned. Everybody's in the same boat. The whole world. And the Bible says that God loves us. He hates our sin. But the sin has to be paid. And the wages of sin is 
death and hell. And so God says that to go to heaven we have to be perfect as righteous as God and none of us are perfect. So God explains to us how righteous he is and how bad we are. That no man can save himself. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord, God in the flesh. He sent his son into the world who was perfect. He was righteous. He didn't have any sin, so he didn't have to die. But because he loved us, hates our sin, because it separates us from him, he took it, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. And God said that if we would believe he did it for us, he would put that payment to our account and we'd go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for us. That's good news. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God to save a man. What it means is that man can't save himself. It takes the power of God. That means you're not saved by what you do. You're not saved by how you live. You're saved by what he did. And he paid for your sins. You see, this was the purpose behind it. The plan is for you to simply believe that he did it for you. And if you'll believe he did it for you, he will give you the end result, the product, his righteousness. God accomplished what he came to do. He came to save me. He died on the cross for me. He came back from the dead, offered me eternal life. I accepted it. He saved me. He came to seek and save that which was lost. I was lost. Now I'm saved. Now I'm going to heaven. It worked. It works. I was lost. I was blind. But now I see. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior... Would you trust him this morning? I'm not going to have you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you, but right where you're sitting. Would you just talk to the Lord and say, Lord, I, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've done things wrong. I don't deserve to go to heaven. But I believe Jesus Christ, your son, died on that cross for me. And that he came back from the dead. And I believe that he's coming back again. I, I'm trusting him as my Savior. And preacher... Would you pray for me? Yes, I would. I'd love to know if what I've said made sense to you. So in the quietness of this moment, with no one looking around, is there anyone at all say, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior. And pray, I'd like for you to pray for me. Would you slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Is there one at all? No one at all? If you've already trusted Christ as Savior, you'd never have to do it again. I want you to tell somebody. I want you to make it a point that you're going to do that. Father, we thank you so much for all you've done for us. We thank you for this time together, for the study of your word and simplicity, the simplicity of the gospel. For I'm not ashamed. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.